Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Pathway Church. How y'all doing? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We have some wonderful services coming up and uh, both at Moffett campus and South Haven campus. So for the Mobile and Memphis areas, South Haven areas, uh, our Christmas Eve service is always so special. So we'll see you at five o'clock. That will be our worship service that we can corporately together in one place. And so make sure you're here. You'll want to get here early. That's always a very full, full service. All six of our services come together into two services. So you will want to be here and I, I, I love it so much. I love our children's ministry. I love our preschool and our nursery and our place for our babies and all of those things. But to me, it's just incredible when all the families come and sit together on that Christmas Eve and uh, the, the candle lights come up and it's just a wonderful thing, not only to remember Christ, but to do it together as a family. Uh, some of my very best memories are me lifting one hand to worship the Lord while I held on to one of my kids with the other hand, and they're pressed up against my chest, they could hear me pray, they could hear me sing, they could hear me talk to the Lord. And uh, that's a special thing. And, and so I'm looking forward to that. And then on Sunday morning, Christmas morning, uh, we will have three services online at, at uh, 9, 10.30, and then another one at 5 p.m. I'm asking you to gather your whole family, extended family, neighbors, anybody that you have. If you may be working on Christmas Day, uh, gather around and worship with us together. And on the way out today, you'll be able to get some communion boxes. We'll be receiving communion in our homes. Uh, Nothing new. They remain steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. And they met from house to house. And so we're going to meet this weekend corporately. And we're going to meet from house to house. And I'm very much looking forward to that. And I pray that it'll be a meaningful, spiritually meaningful time in your home. It always is for us. Of course, we'll have fun uh, doing the things that we do, uh, opening gifts, reading the Christmas story. Um, You know, we have a tradition of wrapping paper angels. You're not allowed to pick up any of the wrapping paper until after it's all done. And somebody makes a wrapping paper angel, you know, like it's a snow angel or something. We'll do all of those things. But then we're going to worship together as well. So I'm looking forward to that with you. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for the time that we have to remember that you came to earth in flesh. You moved in among us. You experienced life with us. You spoke our language. You ate our food. You had the human experience. Your word says that there is nothing common unto man that you weren't tempted with, yet you were without sin. Thank you that you are perfect, fully God and fully man, and that you laid down your life for us. Thank you for loving us like you have. Lord, help us to receive that love from you. Help us to live lives that are pleasing in your sight, and help us to be ready for when you come again. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This week was a wonderful week of ministry, full. You know, it's around the church. It's very full around Christmas. 
There's Christmas parties, work Christmas parties, all kinds of hustle and bustle going on. And then the regular work of ministry goes on, staff meetings and administration, uh, ministry in the community with different community groups. Uh, We have uh, volunteer Christmas parties for kids and students and worship and all kinds of little, a lot of activity. You, You have activity like that. And so that's how our week was. And then one day this week, Kelly and I had a solid 17-hour day of ministry activity, starting with uh, being with uh, one of our families that was going into surgery uh, early in the morning. We had some lunches, some meetings, uh, different activities. And then it culminated with our Pathway Kids uh, Christmas dinner theater, which was incredible, absolutely incredible. And uh, so we enjoyed all of that. Uh, On top of that, there was a weather system that was coming in uh, across the south. And it it started out west and just continued to move on towards us. And, you know, the news was really building. How many just love all the news alerts you get? And, you know, by the time the storm gets here, it feels like you've already had a storm. Everybody's, their hair's turned gray. I didn't get any gray until I had teenagers. But with these news alerts, I'd have had gray in my 20s, you know. And... um, so it was one of those days, and, and um, you know, I could get into some conversations I had with other pastors about canceling services, and people want to know if we're going to cancel our kids' Christmas dinner. And I said, you know, some people don't like vaccine mandates and mask mandates and all kinds of mandates, but I said, I'm not going to do a tornado mandate. And so if somebody doesn't feel safe coming out, they can stay home. If they want to come out, they, they can, you know. And so we went on. Now, let me tell you, that storm, it didn't turn out to be what everybody was saying it was. Let me tell you, on that night, I was strutting around like a rooster. All the other pastors, pastor, what's going on over our pathway? I said, well, the Lord just opened up the sky for us, and we had sunshine. It just God loves Pathway Church. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you know, there's nothing as awkward as canceling church and it's daylight outside, and nothing's going on. That's happened, too. Um, anyway... That night, as we were getting ready, there was a woman that came onto the property. She's really sweet, very articulate. Um, when, when you look, look through the dirt and, and the wear and tear of being homeless, um, she, she was really beautiful. And she was looking for something, looking for someone. She was confused, but she very much knew where she was. She she was in control of her mental faculties uh, to the degree that, uh, you know, she could navigate and she could have conversation, but she was very much uh, in an emotional crisis. And, you know, I wanted to help. I went in and got a coffee for her. I brought the coffee out and we sat down on the curb. I couldn't really take her in to the church at the time because of all the kids that were coming in and because of the state of her situation. I'm not going to get into the particulars of it. It wasn't that she was too dirty. It wasn't that she was an inconvenience. It just, I couldn't. And so we sat down and, and, and we talked and I said, you know, there's a, 
And she, she, was, she was wanting to get into a particular part of the building, in which I couldn't let her into. And I said, you know, there's a real bad weather system that's coming in. You know, where's your address? Can we get you home? She didn't have an address. Where's, where's your family? Well, she had been estranged from her family. I won't get into all the details other than to say she had no place to go. And I said, well, why don't you let me get you to a hotel? I'll make arrangements to put you in a hotel tonight because you can't, you can't be out. You can't be out in this situation. She wanted to go to the hotel, but she, it was like something didn't smell right to her about the situation. She wanted to know about the hotel. She wanted to know about how the doors opened. She wanted to know about how far away it was. Was the person that was going to take her, were they a stranger? My heart was breaking because I wanted to help her. I knew she needed help. She knew she needed help, but she couldn't trust me to give her the little bit of help that would have helped her escape from the elements of the day. I tried to explain everything that I could possibly explain. I said, you have a phone. You have a phone and you can, you can call friends. You can call your family. She wanted to know if you could call long distance from the hotel. I said, yes, I, yes, you can. And, and you know, you, you might have to call collect, but you know, you have access to, every, to everything there. And, you know, there's computers in hotels and safety and a shower and a, and a warm bed and a door that locks. And no matter how much we tried to convince her and no matter how much she wanted to go, she couldn't go. We had other people come by to try and convince her and she ended up, well, I watched her. Unsafe for her to be here on the property, unsafe for her to leave. And the one place she could find safety, she couldn't trust us to go there. So I watched her walk off into the storm. It's funny how that is. It's not, not funny. It's a terrible thing because that's somebody's daughter. It's somebody's sister. She went to school here in the community. She's loved. She has a name. And honestly, in talking to her, she was enjoyable to talk to and witty and she had personality she was a somebody she was not an accident she was created in the image of God with purpose she's just like me and she's just like you in our story in our greater story that we need a shelter we need a shelter from a storm and help, safe harbor. We needed to be cleaned and cleansed. We needed to be embraced. We needed to be known. And God had extended himself to love us. I mean, think about it. He created everything he gave us gifts 
He walked with us in the cool of the day. And we knew him and he knew us. And at the beginning of creation, the Bible tells us that God loved us so much that he gave us the world to rule and reign over. We were special. We were different. We were created in his image to be like him. It's an incredible story. And for whatever reason, we could not trust the truth of the love that God extended to us. And we knew we were loved, but is this true? Is this true? Have you ever experienced something that's too good to be true? Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food, and I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life, and that is what happened. God loved us so much that he gave us the world. Say that with me. God loved us so much that he gave us the world. Truly, literally, he did. He created it all. In seven days, he created. Six days, he created. The seventh day, he rested. He did all of these, those things. And he said, here, this is yours to rule and reign over, to take dominion over. Go be fruitful and multiply. He gave us everything that we needed to carry out the job description, the mission for us. But it was, it was so much more than that. It wasn't just a job. It was, he said, look, I have set you apart. You're different than everything that I've created. I created you in my own image. And I've given all, you all of these things to supply all of your needs. And you can rule over it. You can reign on it. It's all yours. All of this land. Organize it. Reign over it. Bring it together to do with what you need to do. And for whatever reason, we could not trust the truth of his love for us. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, because Satan deceived us. He deceived us. He caused us to doubt. He caused us to doubt. And in Genesis 2, verse 15, the Bible says the Lord... God placed a man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And what Satan did, Satan caused us to doubt the truth 
of God's love so that we would believe if we ate of that tree, the one tree that God told us not to eat of, that the reason God would even create that and give us that mandate is that he did not want us to be like him. So we said there must be a catch. There must be a catch that you would give us all of these things and then tell us not to eat this one thing. So we had everything and we said, this is too good to be true. And so, yes, I know God loved us. I I know God created all these things for us, but there has to be a catch. And so we ate of that tree because we could not, because we would not trust the truth of his love. Young lady, why, why won't you just let me send a car for you to put you up in a hotel so that you would be safe tonight, so that you could have peace and bring your things together, yourself, collect yourself tonight so that you could have a fresh start and safe harbor in the, until the morning. There's gotta be a catch. In fact, she would feel safe and then she would say, you're getting too close. Stranger danger. But I want to help you. Adam and Eve ate of the tree because they couldn't trust the love that he gave. We did not trust the truth of his love. So the first time God extended his love to us, he gave us the world. And we did not trust the truth of God's love. And because we did not trust the truth of his love and we sinned against him, God gave his only son to redeem the world that he gave us in the first place. I don't know about you, but when I begin to think about that, I think, wow, what an extravagant God. God gives us a gift. We mess up the gift. God gives us another gift to fix the first gift that he gave us so that he could redeem us. See, there are a lot of us that would say, you know what, I've already, I've extended myself to you enough. Uh, You've let me down so many times. I I, I just have, I have no, I have no time for you. I, I, I just can't deal with this anymore. Listen, I want you to know that God wants to bring you in from the storm. God wants to bring us in from our pain. God wants to bring us in from our failure. God wants to bring us in from our emptiness. You know, you've done so good, but it, it still does not satisfy what's on the inside demanding to be satisfied. And God is saying, listen, you keep going to the wrong tree. And if you could just trust the truth of what I told you in the first place, everything would be okay. And so God loved us so much that he gave us the world. And when we did not trust the truth of his love, he loved the world so much that he gave us Jesus. Because he didn't want any to perish, but for us to have eternal life. God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but he came in so that the world would be saved. People have a wrong view of God. God is not standing around looking to condemn people. He has spent all eternity trying to uncondemn people from the condemnation they brought on themselves when they wouldn't trust the truth of God's love.
He loves us. Somebody needs to trust again. There's somebody here that needs to believe that good things can happen to you again. You've been burnt so many times and you've been disappointed so many times that you feel like it's impossible for you to come back or even to be loved. Have you ever stood in a church service and you wanted to worship the Lord, but you did not feel worthy to lift up your voice and lift up your hands to worship the Lord? Is there anybody that's ever experienced that feeling before? I mean, somebody just, let, let me know a little bit. Not, not just me, but there are other people that have felt the way that you felt. Is there anybody that has felt unworthy to even stand in the presence of God? How many times can we let God down? Can we second guess God? Can we fail to trust the truth of God's love and God still give us an invitation to come and sit at his table, to come and walk with him in the garden? How many times? One more time. You are not too far gone. I've heard people say, Pastor, what if I have committed the unpardonable sin? What if I've gone too far? What, what if the Holy Spirit is, has removed himself from me? Listen, if the Holy Spirit had removed himself from you, you would want nothing to do with God. You never have to question whether or not God wants something to do with you. Listen to me. You are somebody's son and you're somebody's daughter. You are somebody's brother, you're somebody's sister, created in the image of God, and let me tell you about my God. He loves you and me with an extravagant love. He has hope for you. And he extends his love to us, whether we receive him or not. That's the incredible thing. That, that's the absolutely incredible thing. Knowing that some of you will not show up, when he shows up, he still shows up. While we were yet in sin, Christ died for me and for you. Even knowing that we have trust issues. He loved us. So much that he would give us the world and so much that when we messed that up, he gave us Jesus. We may continue to wander. We may continue to be exposed. We may continue on dirty. We may continue on articulate but confused. But God's covenant stands waiting for you to receive the truth of God's love.
Pastor, you have no idea how far I have to come back. That's the good news. The good news is that while he was yet a long ways off, the father ran to him. It's the most incredible picture, I think, that you can find in the scriptures. That picture of the prodigal son who couldn't trust the truth or the legacy of his father's love. He thought it would be better out there than in his father's house with his father's name, with his father's legacy. And he went off and spent his life seeking some other kind of love that will always leave you wanting more. And every day, this good father will go and stand on his front porch and look over his vast property to see if his son wasn't coming back home. And then that one day, off in the distance, the silhouette of a man, he couldn't make out what his facial features were. He couldn't tell what he was wearing. Maybe the sun was going down and shining behind him. But as he walked in, the father said, I recognize that gate. I recognize that walk. I recognize how he's holding his arms. I see him. That's my boy. And the father ran to him. You don't have a long ways to go. You just have one step. And if you'll draw near to God, God will draw near to you. Amen. Somebody bless God today for that. I, I understand why a father or a mother or a brother or sister would say, I've been disappointed too many times. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Listen, how many, how many more times do you have to have your children steal from you to support some kind of addiction. At some point, it's understandable that you not go on enabling an addiction, enabling a trauma to be perpetrated on your child. At some point, there has to be a rock bottom that they hit to come to their senses. But let me tell you, we have a God in heaven that if you will move to him, he will move to you. This is the story of Christmas. We blew it. We messed up. We had everything we could possibly want. And we didn't even have to make the first move to God. God made the first move to us. And all we have to do is receive it. Trust again. In a world that says don't trust. In a world that celebrates the cynics. In a world that says what is true is false and what is false is true. Listen, there is a truth and his name is Jesus. And he has his eye, he has his eye on you and he has his eye on me. Now I'm gonna read this passage and if you would, uh, let's just begin to prepare our hearts that we say, God, you have something here for us and we've received it. We've felt your Holy Spirit moving and functioning in us. Help us to take this from our minds and our hearts and help us to, to respond in such a way that pleases you. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 10. For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then, 
my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant, my covenant of blessing will never be broken. Listen to this, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Let me tell you, we have a God who will judge the nations. We have a God before whom we will stand and give an account for our life. And let me tell you, he is faithful and he is true. He is a God of justice. He is not a man that he would lie. And he will bring his gavel down and he, sin demands a judgment. <laughs> but let me tell you, the Bible tells us that this Lord is merciful on those who would call upon his name. When that gavel strikes, for those of us that have believed on Jesus and follow Jesus, when that judgment has been made, let me tell you, it will be Jesus sitting in the defense chair, taking on the punishment for our sins that demand justice. And let me tell you, everything that you have ever done, that you have given to Christ, Christ has already paid for by the most extravagant gift of God's love. Aren't you thankful for that today? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Would you please stand with me? Every head bowed. Is, it, is there anyone here that says, Pastor? It's time for me to trust the truth of God's love today. I'm ready to receive his goodness, his sacrifice, his life, his death, his resurrection. I don't want to go one more second trying to handle things my way. But this Christmas, I receive this new covenant that's in Christ Jesus that he has extended to me. And I'm going to trust him with my life. And you want God to forgive you of your sins. You want to be made right with Jesus today. If that's you right where you are, slip up your hand really quickly, please. Amen. Just go ahead and lift it up right now. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. At our campuses today. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the incredible gift of Christmas where Jesus came to make everything right. Thank you that he identified with us so that none of us can say that God does not know what we face or what we go through. When in truth, Jesus was known as a man of many sorrows. Lord, thank you 
that the God of all creation and the God of all power and the God of all privilege would divest himself of his privilege so that he can come and bear the weight of humanity. In fact, bear the weight of all humanity so that we can be saved. None of us are too good. None of us are too bad. None of us are too rich. None of us are too poor. It's not too early and it's not too late. Lord, thank you that today is the day to receive the truth of God's love who has shown up as the man, Jesus, the Christ. We love you today. Lord, for my friends who have said that they want to receive Jesus today, I pray right now that you would forgive them of their sins as they pray. Lord, your word says, if they confess their sins, you are faithful and just to forgive them and to cleanse them from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Christ child who loved us and lived with us and will one day call us to live and reign with him. We love you and we bless you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.